0: Chapter Twenty Two of Boy, the Wandering Dog. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Tony Oliva. Boy, the Wandering Dog, by Marshall Saunders. Chapter Twenty Two. Mrs. Waverly's School old tsarina who came from russia says the most wonderful thing to her in this Green Hill district is the school for children in neighborhood hall this is the building that master and mr bonstone put up on the village square it is a big white erection with colonial pillars and plenty of verandas and it has a garden round it and a playground for little children and inside is a library, a restaurant, a swimming pool, a pretty parlor where young people can dance and play games, and a big hall where moving pictures are given. The country people just pour into it in the evening. Everyone pays five cents, and after a certain length of time the village will own the whole place, for Mr. Bonstone and my master believe in public ownership of public amusements one rule of the moving picture hall delights us dogs greatly. No trainer of animals can ever exhibit his creatures there. That is in the charter. One good-sized room in the hall was reserved for a school for the children of the village, and Mrs. Waverly is their teacher. To come back to Zarina. she says that if all children in russia could have such a teacher as mrs waverley there would not be so much misery among them she says that in her country great pains are taken with the education of the children of the rich they are made to speak french and if a child forgets and addresses the mother in russian he or she is made to say the sentence over again in french and sometimes in English, for they have governesses and nurses of different nationalities. In this wonderful country of America, says Tsarina, you educate everybody. I was amazed to see a little Russian Jewess with her arms around Mrs. Waverley's neck the other day. In her own country, the child would be kept down, and if she had a teacher, would not dare to embrace her imagine the delight of her parents at having a rich cultured woman like mrs waverley devoting herself to the education of their child all the dogs love mrs waverley but gringo is her stoutest admirer partly on account of the english blood in his veins and he often runs down to her school and calls on her or visits her in the pretty cottage in which she lives with egbert she welcomes any well-behaved dog to her school and the other day gringo and i sauntered down to the village and approached neighborhood hall it was a lovely day and the doors were all wide open we trotted across the tennis court and the place where the boys and girls play basketball to the garden at the back of the hall there is a big patch of greensward there with a pond in the middle where some white ducks and pets of the children are always paddling about the children were all out on the grass the most of them with bare feet. When Mrs. Waverly caught sight of us, she called with her pretty English accent, Good morning, dogs. Come to me. We walked toward her, gringo with his queer sidewise gait like that of a racking horse. He never picks up his paws, the way a fox-terrier does. How fortunate, exclaimed Mrs. Waverley as we lay down on the grass beside her. Our lesson this morning is on the dog and I had not a single dog collar. Now, children, do these two friends of mine suggest anything? Tell us about the bulldogs, please, the most of them cried. Two little girls were for fox terriers, but they were in the minority. Some people blame Mrs. Waverley because she allows the children to follow their own bent so much. One day, before the war closed, I heard her say to a lady, would it not be cruel when these little creatures come to school, bursting with questions about affairs in Europe that they hear you older ones discussing, for me to pin them down to a lesson in grammar, for example? No. I find out which way their minds lead me, and I follow it. Mornings when they want to know how the Germans and the Allies are getting on, I spread out a map on the grass and give them a united geography history and peace lesson mrs waverley shut her eyes as she spoke no one knew what agony it cost her to discuss the war but she was not a woman to dodge her duty she met it squarely in the face the lady who was criticizing her said with reluctant admiration my boy certainly does display an unusual knowledge of current events but i am conservative in my ideas and would like him brought up along old lines then you must take him from here said mrs waverley sweetly the best and newest in an educational way is what mr bonstone and mr granton insist on the lady didn't take her son away and a little later i heard her gushing to mrs bonstone over the school i never heard of anything like it she said the other day my husband brought home to dinner a distinguished swiss scholar when my frankie heard our guest was from switzerland he ran up to him climbed on his knee and asked him the most intelligent questions about his own country he knew about the different cantons the fine system of military service the high mountains the villages in the cup-like valleys the big hotels the peasants the german swiss and the french swiss and the coolness between them that the war has brought to a close and he even yodeled for monsieur de la bontaine who is french swiss the man was in an ecstasy he pressed my child to his heart he exclaimed madame i have not heard any grown man or woman talk in so picturesque a way about my country since i came to america it is a marvel when did you have him in switzerland i never had him there i told him and at first he could scarcely believe me frankie came to my assistance mrs waverley makes a country out in the garden he said we have sand and toy trees and houses and men and women and stones and we build mountains and make villages and forests and then we go in the big hall and see the moving pictures of it oh it is great fun monsieur de la bontaine asked permission to visit the school and he fell in love with mrs waverley no i shall not take frankie away i am going to give mrs waverley five hundred dollars to spend on further equipment for the school mrs bonstone was enchanted and told her husband and my master how well their scheme was working out master sighed he was never satisfied with what he had done he was always looking ahead oh for such a school for every young child in new york he said now to stop wondering and go back to the day of our call. Gringo often says, Boy, you are a number one dog, but you reminisce too much. Mrs. Waverley put him up on the top of a box. Then didn't she exhaust the bulldog subject? She went her way back to the days in old England, when cruel sports flourished. She told how men can take breeds of animals and birds and change them. The bulldog was inbred until they got an animal perfectly adapted to the sport of bull-baiting. She had some of the boys wheel out of doors an almost life-sized cow that is part of the school plant. She opened Gringo's mouth and the old fellow rolled his eyes kindly while she showed the vice-like construction of his jaws then she asked him if he would make a spring at the cow to show the children how the ancient bulldog used to leap at the bull's head and hold on by his teeth gringo crooked his hind legs gave one of his cat leaps and landed on the cow's upper lip i don't know what that old cow was made of but there gringo hung and mrs Waverley showed the children how his lay-back nose enabled him to breathe while he retained his grip by and by the limp broke off and then some of the children cried this is too realistic said mrs Waverley. but the cow is not hurt and the wicked sport of bull-baiting is all over i may say in passing that some people blame mrs Waverley because she does not keep everything painful from the children i do not wish to make them soft she says with flashing eyes evil and suffering are all about them they must have some acquaintance with them in order to be able to overcome them i make my own boy sit in school beside a beautiful and innocent german lad to teach him to overcome his hatred for the nation after the cow had been wheeled away and her broken nose hidden in a young lilac bush mrs waverley said now let us examine doggie's points i opened my eyes i didn't know she knew so much about dogs she made gringo walk away from her and toward her and she felt his back and his head and had him sit down and get up and she turned over his rose-ears to show the children the pink lining and pinched his brisket and lifted his feet to see if they were sound showed the children the set out of the shoulders that enabled a bulldog to crouch low between the horns of an angry bull who tried to gore him then she explained that sometimes twenty or thirty dogs would be killed before the bull could be thrown that was news to me and i whispered to gringo i didn't know you actually had to throw the bull certainly he replied a heavy dog with a good grip could do it easily if he knew how after mrs waverley penalized gringo slightly cause the wheel of his back wasn't quite perfect he stepped off the box and everybody went home to lunch mrs waverley invited gringo and me to accompany her and egbert to their cottage and we had a fine lunch with patsy egbert's fox terrier who had been confined to the house with a sore paw they had a lovely little cottage but it had a small garden only one day i heard mrs bonstone who has become very intimate with mrs waverley say to her Britvalda, you are a rich woman why do you not buy a larger place than this why should i said mrs waverley indifferently i have neighborhood hall close by and the river and the meadows are open to me and the lanes and high road and the pretty winding village street it is all mine you queer creature said mrs bonstone but her tone was admiring mrs waverley glanced up at the sky with her strange other-world look i don't believe anything in this world counts much with her except getting human beings ready to go to the next one shall i be there oh shall i be there with my dear master just burst from my dog-heart one day when i was sitting watching her as she gazed up at the sky we were all alone and that clairvoyant beautiful woman understood me talk she said with exquisite gentleness as she laid her hand on my head do you think the creator of this marvellous universe would ever destroy anything utterly in which he had placed the spark of life no we shall all live again purified immortalized made perfect i licked all the dust off her pretty feet in her own garden she wore sandals and no stockings i wish there was something hard i could do for her i adore her End of chapter twenty two